0: Hey guys, this podcast is specifically brought to you by Amazon Automotive. They're a store where, you know Amazon, you can get everything you can imagine. On Amazon, you can even get tires.
1: Yep, Amazon lets you shop auto parts, tools, and accessories quickly and easily from your PC or mobile device. Amazon, of course, offers free shipping on millions of items if you're a Prime member. Be sure to add the promo code DRIVER at checkout to receive $5 off on select orders over $25 for a limited time. Restrictions apply and visit Amazon.com promo terms for details. Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore.
0: We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is
1: fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul, and this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. I had a moment today, leaving in my car that's not quite the equivalent of Lotus lessons, but it gave me pause. Oh, it's it, not Cayman lessons either. Is this, is this GTS contemplation? We gotta find. We gotta find. A, what is it's, this? It's related GTS, to clothing,
0: as a matter of fact. Cayman question? No, that, I, we gotta. We gotta find a title for this.
1: But I take your point. <laughs> so, as you know, most of my casual clothing is branded racetracks. Mm-hmm car manufacturers, I've noticed. Yes. Uh, you name it, livery yes. for racing, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And plus we have our hoodies from the pilgrimage trip yes. that have track yes. branding on them. Mm-hmm. So whenever I go out, just to run errands, you know, pants and t-shirt and a hoodie and a hat. Cayman Contemplations? Could, could work. be, could be. Okay, sorry. Because I was, I was, because I was going okay. out in my car in the GTS, just uh-huh. yes. taking that out, and I just, I usually wear a baseball hat. I don't on camera, as you know, but I mm-hmm. usually just wear a ball cap yep. and... You know, a T-shirt with some cool, you know, racing livery. Okay. And so I I always have to be kind of careful. If I'm wearing a Nürburgring shirt, I make sure not to wear the Nürburgring ball cap because a little bridge too far there, I think. (laughs) At least I don't have Ferrari shoes. By the way, the ring.
0: Have you been to the ring? I've been to the ring. (laughs) So
1: I just, you know, kind of randomly chose stuff, you know, put on a shirt and the hoodie, and then I put on my BMW M hat. That was bought in anticipation of owning an M2, which uh-huh. has not materialized. Yes. Well, now you're going to buy a porch. Exactly. Next. A porch. Yeah. True. And so I go out and I'm locking my front door and I just think, wait, I'm getting into my Porsche wearing a BMW hat. Mm-hmm. Is that going to cause some sort of problem with car enthusiasts if they see me? <laughs> hey, you're wearing a BMW hat. How can you do that? How can you let yourself do that? And then I just decided, you know what? Forget it. I'm yeah. just going to go drive. Perfect. I was just wondering, though, because, you know... (laughs) Do I need to always match my clothing if I'm driving that car? What, what I if want I'm you to do Jeep, a BMW hat is fine, yeah. right?
0: What I want you to do the next time we have the local Park City Cars and Coffee, can you please <laughs> park your GTS and climb out in a BMW ball cap and a Ferrari shirt? Can we really? <laughs> can we just that? That would make <laughs> me laugh, especially if the ball cap is black and the shirt is red and the car is blue. That would be <laughs> that. I want a photo of that right there for sure. I have
1: Williams Martini racing underwear on. You don't know that. Yikes. But- <laughs> I'm just, yeah, just kind of weird thing. I, I have to mix and match and, wait, I have a spa shirt, but I can't wear the same hat because I should wear Mercedes. But this is, is that f- going to reflect on championship? This is I a far know. more fashion-conscious uh, podcast
0: <laughs> open than I think we've done before. Uh, other weird conclusions happened this weekend. We had a big shoot this weekend. Yeah, we did. And I feel like the biggest surprise of the shoot is that the mini— <laughs> made a fantastic camera vehicle.
1: It did. We didn't expect First that. First time we ever. We just thought,
0: you know what, let's take it. And my favorite moment that I have to reiterate was we had a moment when I'm in just pretty much folded in half in the back of the yeah, Mini yeah, working, right. working the jib to get uh, car-to-car follow shots. And uh, Chance is hooning the Mini to keep it ahead <laughs> of these big boy muscle cars. And one of the owners is sitting shotgun. Being a little horrified, because that, that's one of the, the funniest moments for us, even though we try to be very conscientious about it. But it's one of the funniest moments for us with owners on shoots is when they ride along mm-hmm. for our car-to-car stuff. That is, um, I'll say eye-opening, because terrifying is probably not the right term to use for that <laughs> moment. but eye-opening for sure. And that's not
1: sure. what we want to do. We're not trying to instill that. No, We're no, no. We're just trying to get the shot.
0: And, and we, we are good. There's not a better way to put it. We are good at formation driving. If you think about formation flying, sure. yeah. we are superb at formation driving Decision driving, which means we driving. are very close to other cars at speed mm-hmm. and everything's fine. <laughs> but we're, we're hooning along with camera rolling, and this owner out of the blue suddenly goes, Look, well, he's sitting in the Mini, remember? He goes, Wait. Is that the actual mileage of this car? <laughs> Which is a really random thing to say in the middle of the shoot. and He just suddenly noticed that this car being hooned with three guys in camera gear is
1: 180 plus thousand miles. And he went, wait, what now? I loved great. that moment. It's nearly a ton of dude in that Mini. You realize yeah, that? you're right. Yeah. I mean, and it turned out to be great, both front and rear follow. Mm-hmm. We got the cameras mounted successfully. We had gave us uh, new shooting angles. Yeah. It was great. The Mini for the Who win. Knew? Who knew? I, th- that was a total side note. I was just like, let's try
0: it. And we all walked away going, that worked really well. It, it, served, it served its purpose really <laughs> well. It was very cool. We had an amazing shoot. And a couple of you asked, actually, how the shoot go? You didn't want conclusions. You just wanted how the shoot went. Here's how it went. We happened to be on one of the best roads in this area. Mm-hmm. There were actually other car groups just out for the day, which made us know we were on the right road. But uh, one of the best roads in the area, right at the prime of the fall color, which was spectacular. Oh, yeah. it's gorgeous. Day one was a little cold, but sun was out and okay. Day two started that way. But then by the time we got halfway through day two to where you and I are standing in front of cars to shoot the closing stand-up, it started to
1: snow. <laughs> It was quite the weather change, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, it was a beautiful day, beautiful shoot. I'm glad we squeezed it in, barely. Mm-hmm. But then by the time the shoot wrapped, it was cold. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to get out of there, and we were done. It was it was amazing. We just we rocked it. It was good. I'm yeah, looking was, forward to sharing that on Velocity.
0: <laughs> it, it looks really great. So that is part of our Season 2 of Velocity starting January 2018. I've been editing, uh, actually, Episode 1 of Season 2 all day. Uh, that's turning out very well. Very cool. And uh, and this is uh, kind of mid-season episode. This uh, this is the Mustang GT350R and the, the Camaro ZL1. So that's very yeah. cool. That'll be a fun piece for sure. And it
1: looks great, which I'm glad about. Yeah, it was crazy to be on that road because we're on this shooting road, one of our favorite roads, and a Rolls-Royce Phantom drives by mm-hmm. a fairly good clip mm-hmm. followed by a metallic fish scale candy apple eggplant, McLaren 720S. yes. Maybe that the, zooms by. Maybe
0: the only car that whatever color you got is fine.
1: It really is. It,
0: it's it's fine.
1: It's fine. A few Ferraris, Porsches. It's a Lotus busy day on that road. Mm-hmm. Vora 400. Evora 400
0: was really cool.
1: Some All of us were astonished. Yeah. We're going, yeah, yeah. okay, I I agree. This is the best day to be out. But, you know, those cars live here. It was really cool to see. Every enthusiast was out, practically. Yeah, it was awesome. As were we. Well, speaking of enthusiasts, we've got a couple of great debates from Jason in College Station, Texas, writing to us. And then we've also got Mike. He's writing, asking for the best dual-duty car, Mm -hmm. you know, family and track and all that kind of stuff. So we're looking forward to getting into this, but let's just jump right in here to Jason. He's uh, as I said, out in College Station, Texas, which I've never been to. Have you been? been
0: I've been there? yes, many, many times because College Station is almost exactly between. Waco, where I went to college, yeah. and Houston, where I lived and my parents were. Oh, it is? Okay. So going back through there, Highway 6, if memory serves, going right and back back and forth. And it's College Station, so that's where Texas A&M is. Oh, okay. So major rival to Baylor and all of that. So yeah, this is... been through College Station many, many, many times.
1: <laughs> gotcha. But
0: you're close enough there. He, he mentions, actually Jason mentions he gets some good time. Uh, he's got some nice uh, weekend warrior back roads as he describes them. And that area is just starting to get kind of to the edge of the Texas Hill Country. You can find some decent back roads. It's not all just straight shots, mm-hmm. which a lot of Texas is. He is 32 and has a 2016 F-150, the big 5-liter uh, V8. That is his daily, and he's realizing, okay, he's getting out of
1: dirt bikes and wants a fun weekend car. Mm-hmm. This is great. Yeah, the, the dirt bike thing is pretty cool. I'm running into more and more people that are into the, the dirt bike, enduro thing, and they've mm-hmm. got the pickup truck, the hauler, the trailer, That's, all well, the toys. Uh, the reason you're running into it, it it's, it's what people call the
0: blue car syndrome. You're looking for a blue car, and now you're looking, you see them everywhere. You're, right. you're in it's big true. hauling hauling uh, trucks and trailer envy right now. So everybody with those toys, you're taking note. That's
1: true. Well, as he mentioned, there's some good windy roads. Apparently, Texas Hill Country there. I've never been there. I'll have to go check that out. He is interested in a naturally aspirated V8. Okay? And this was great, Jason, because I... Um, I feel like this is a subject that Todd and I don't talk about and address too often. and That is the heel and toe thing, Mm, specifically with rev matching and the kinds of cars that is offered because Jason is looking for a manual and Mm -hmm. preferably that manual have active rev matching. Mm -hmm. It's not that he doesn't like it. It's just, you know, he doesn't have time to learn. He doesn't want to, but he's also got limited mobility in his right angle, ankle, Mm -hmm. So he's concerned that he would really struggle with doing that and possibly hurt himself. So there are reasons to have it, valid reasons. Mm -hmm. Although the debate here is some people want to turn it off as soon as possible when they get in the car. Other people actually appreciate it and like it, and it's Mm -hmm. a neat thing. It's a pretty cool assist thing. So he wants to be able to drive whatever that he gets, you know, manual transmission after, you know, as soon as he gets this car. Yep, and he
0: said, uh, as you've already mentioned, he said he wants naturally aspirated V8, prefer- preferably American. That's his headline But mm-hmm. this is the car I want. And then I get the, kind of like, I feel like I see a little, little sliver
1: of light where he's willing to be talked to other places, but that's where he starts. He, he's open, mm-hmm. except, you know, he knows his recipe. He's test-driven a manual 2017 Camaro SS. He liked it more than the 2016 Mustang GT that his friend owns. Mm-hmm. He said he only stalled once, but definitely the experience with dirt bikes has given you a good foundation for understanding clutch engagement, especially downshift, rev matching, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's like skiing and snowboarding. I mean, I, I feel like the transition is easier Either direction, because you understand your body control.
0: Your body has an awareness of what you're. There's some things to, do. to learn, yeah certainly, of course. but then just the a good basic a good foundation. Yeah.
1: You know, you understand. You know, when your edge bites into the snow, okay, weight shift, transfer. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. Same kind of thing here. So you understand what the clutch will do when you let it out. Can certainly lock up your wheels on a racetrack if you do it. Yeah, for sure. You do it wrong, so yeah. The rev matching is a pretty cool feature now offered. But I, I
0: also like the fact that he he wants he doesn't have experience owning a manual transmission. Certainly not sports car, but manual transmission car in general. But that is specifically what he wants here. Right. So right. the rev matches is the thing he'd prefer. But he definitely wants manual. So that's interesting. I want to talk to the Mustang and Camaro, but then I've got two other thoughts, one of which is kind of in the – this is like my wild card night. I kept mm, thinking of wild cards for the stuff for the, for these uh, two car debates here. But I've got a
1: couple, and then I want to talk about a couple I think that have been forgotten here. Gotcha. All right. So the budget is 40000 and he got to that number because the new Camaro 1SS is at the top of his list right now. And if you ordered one, that's where he'd be. So he said base models are fine. He doesn't really care about extras. Doesn't need to be practical. He just really wants mm-hmm. that V8 rumble, mm-hmm. good reliability. Because she's got a 2013 Ford Edge. Is uh, can Ford edges and you know Camaros live happily in the same garage? Is there going to be a meltdown? Is going to be... be a civil war in the garage one Seriously. night? Seriously? Yes. All right. So again, he's open, but he's just kind of wanting to know what's out there, maybe mm-hmm. lightly mm-hmm. used. He's, like I said, <laughs> trying to be open-minded, and uh, I'm curious to know where you're at. I've got a few suggestions here and one very random thought to discuss.
0: Well, I have a wild card that I, that I want to get to for sure, but let's just dive right into Mustang versus Camaro here, because you and I just spent a weekend doing that. Now, now right. it was the upper level of those right. groups. Oh, yes. But let's, let's just spend, spend a little time doing that. I think it's interesting that you preferred the Camaro here, Jason. I wonder, I'd i be curious, obviously, we don't have you on the phone, but I'd be curious to know what you preferred about the Camaro, but one of the what big, in particular you yeah, think yeah. Why, why did he lean or, toward that after yeah, driving both? Right. But, but here's the big takeaway that I have on both these cars right now. They're, this is going to sound like faint praise, but I don't mean it that way. Both of them are so good now that if anybody came to me and said I bought the Mustang or I bought the Camaro, I would just say good job.
1: Sure, you know, ten, That's a fair 10 years ago,
0: yeah, I I, I yeah. might want to get down in the weeds with well, why did you do? But but have you thought about you know these kind of conversations? but i feel like at this point both those chassis have kind of refined their individual problems away hmm. you know Let, let's go they to the still obvious have
1: one. very unique personalities which is good
0: I, and i agree with that so I, we've almost gotten to the place somebody out there's going to rage at me for this but i'm just going to say it it is the coke versus pepsi reality hmm. okay you okay. go into, my my wife is a great example okay you go into a restaurant and she orders a diet coke and they say we well, only have pepsi and she goes well then i'm not having any so- any soda I'm always like, but it's just, it's so, I, I don't uh, care. I'll have a Coke, I'll have a Pepsi, I don't care. But they are different, I do, I do admit I'm that. i thirsty. I do admit that, <laughs> but I feel like that's where we are on these two. Which one fits your personality as a driver? Which one has issues you don't care about, hmm. okay? Okay. So that's what I think it is. I don't feel like we're at a place anymore where I can go, well, Camaro for this reason, or Mustang has to be. I don't think that's where we are. I think they're so close now that it's almost down to what matches you versus which one's the better car. I'm going to point okay. out the obvious okay. issues here. The Camaro has wickedly limited visibility. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, in a weird way, it's kind of like the attitude of the styling comes into the car with you because yeah. it's so clipped and you're looking out that that letterbox and everything's just dark and cave-like and it's angry to go with the exterior styling. For sure. If you're okay with the blind spots and the fact that visibility is not great, then let's move on. Get that car. I feel like that's the Achilles heel there. And I feel like the Mustang, in spite of being independent rear suspension now, I feel like it still is a little bit more jumpy. Hmm. than the Camaro. And, and look, I'm, I'm cutting things really fine to say this. Depends on the suspension if they've got magnetic ride mm-hmm. on them, which you know, lower base models will not. Mm-hmm. But, but, but it's now going to be available in the GT. True. So that's true. It, so that's okay. the thing. I, I feel enough. like you know, it's, the ride is a little different. It, it, it hugs the road differently than the Camaro does. So I, I feel like I'm talking in circles because I do feel like there's a personal preference in those two cars, which is why I'm bringing two others to the discussion.
1: Okay. All right. But those, I'm
0: those, I wanted to talk about those two f- first. Where, where
1: are you on this, though? Well, I again, you might think that Jason has already decided because he loves the Camaro and mm-hmm. he's named a V eight and American muscle cars. The list is very short, obviously, and especially cars that offer the auto with uh, the rev, match. rev match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will say if you decide. For whatever reason, to go in a different direction, (laughs) you say preferably be a manual, but you do say, I'm open to a dual clutch Mm -hmm. or an Mm -hmm. automatic, something like that. So I will just get these out of the way, just so they're said. Anything with a PDK. Sure, yeah. Anything with a DCT. Yeah. The Nissan 370Z Nismo is probably one of the more famous cars for having the active rev match. We've experienced that, Mm -hmm. and it's pretty darn good that's my wild
0: card it is, is okay a three seventy. and three seventy in any form because if you've got 40 grand to spend you can get yourself a nice a nice brand new three seventy i actually think the new ones are a bit they're a bit pricey for what you're getting but you've walked away from v- v8 you're into v6 but why not get like a year old nismo yeah uh that's i here's a car a car jason easily you easily under 40 need to go drive yeah because it's got a really good auto rev match, and it is a smaller, different flavor car. It is, look, I, this is going to be tenuous, but follow me. It is the Japanese equivalent to the Mustang and Camaro. It is the Japanese muscle yeah, car. Yeah, I can see that. It kind
1: of is. Yeah. All right, so most newer BMWs have this, but I don't think the new 230i does. I've been researching this, and I somebody correct me, I don't think it does. It's not a dual clutch, no. Well, the the automatic, the six oh, speed that it has, oh, oh, oh. I don't think it offers the rev match. Oh, I, yeah, I don't I think it does either. But, wrong, but, like uh, I could be wrong, like I said, but I don't believe it does. And then I went in a weird, just a different direction. Okay. Now, keep in mind, this is not an ad, but I found a product that is an electronic device that will automatically do this, that you can add to any car. Oh, aftermarket rev match. Correct. I see where you're going. It's auto-blip.com. Again, not an ad. If they want to advertise with us, (laughs) we are willing and open to hearing that because it is something, this topic is something that some people love it, some people hate it, but Mm -hmm. I think there's more Jasons in the world that might want this because you can add it to any car. It's monitoring your 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 gas pedal essentially. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of sensing what the brake and clutch are doing. It makes sense. And that you to put it on aftermarket. You can add totally. Add it to other cars. So yeah. I'm thinking, if that's the case, what about a C606 and you add the aftermarket device? Mm-hmm. And you could essentially go after any car now. That's was, good. I'm, you know, I'm searching that's through the good. website and they're they're kind of saying, what's your car? Send us an email. And it seems like they're open to kind of all right, we haven't concentrated on that model, but maybe we could take this and Mm -hmm. hack the electronics. Because of coding, yeah. You know, make it work. Huh, okay. So I just thought that would open up more options than just Mustang and Camaro. Mm -hmm. Because again, it does seem like he's already locked in and it seems like, all Mm -hmm. right. We're headed down that road. 50-50, just pick one and get it over with. Yeah, yeah. But this could offer, I mean, we've got a world of options now. Mm -hmm. Lower-end BMWs that suddenly never had this feature. Could be added. I have no idea how much it costs. Used cars. That I've never talked to them. I was just digging in a different direction. That's the only reason I mentioned it. No, but I I see that third-party aftermarket could be an option. That's a great one. That's a great one. You know, there's sorry. I'm in the Lotus lesson.
0: Suddenly, there is there are companies that actually make aftermarket cruise control you can add to the Lotus. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the people that have done it. I, I don't know that I feel it's necessary, but I think it's interesting that you can put the uh, put a cruise control in aftermarket and then Lotus at least. I bring that up only because it is that we are in that world that because of the OBD ports, you can kind of go, yeah. what don't I have and what would I like to add? I love that for the auto the I mean, rev we're, match thing. We're yeah. tuning
1: the ECUs. We're gaining you know, yeah. 15, 20 yeah. horsepower in mm-hmm. various cars. We're doing all this stuff just by a code, a line, some lines of code. Mm-hmm. Why not this, too? Yeah. Well, there's two
0: others I want to mention here for Jason. Uh, One of them, look, I I already put the 370Z kind of in wildcard category. I have another one that's even wilder than that, but I want to put it in a go-drive-stuff category. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my headspace here a little bit for Jason. I think you should go-drive the automatic 86 platform. Okay. That's a traditional automatic six-speed with paddle, so it's not a dual-clutch, but as maybe this is a weird path to be on, but as traditional automatics with paddles go, it's one of the better ones. It's actually a pretty good six-speed automatic, Mm -hmm. traditional that connects to paddles. Sure, I can see that. And because you're buying a car just for fun, just for back road fun, that's where that chassis shines. That's when it's at its best. Yeah. So if you're really chasing like windy back roads, at least go drive that car a little bit to get you just, as we've said, to get you that life experience frame of reference. Sure, sure but then the one that i think is really missing from this discussion that i like a lot for jason is hello you have 40 grand to spend get a one or two year old c7 corvette and have a really nice day
1: yeah yeah the c7 you could do the c7 could you do
0: it for 40 for a couple year old yes yes that's
1: amazing
0: cuz that's the thing the brand new ones are low 50s the brand new ones sure so i thought they were pushing 60 though well it depends on how you you trick it out but it, they start just over 50 Okay. All okay, right. So he's talking new Camaro, new Mustang. I get that. But if we're talking forty grand, go a couple years back. You're still in C sevens. You can find them for forty. So you mm-hmm. didn't buy the biggest, hottest Corvette ever, but it's got the auto rev match. It's a fantastic car to drive. It's significantly lighter than both the Mustang and Camaro by like three or four hundred pounds.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you don't have to have anything but fun, then let's just. In, I, I'm checking the rest of your boxes. Auto rev match, V8, American. Only has to be fun. It's good. It's good. I, I, I feel like this is the, the glaring omission on your list. And Mustang, you don't have camera, to do I anything aftermarket to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: which, uh, yeah. So I think you have to drive a C7. Yeah. Find one a
1: couple years old because I think you might be happy and and done right there. Well, keep in mind, guys, as you've heard, this podcast is brought to you by the Amazon Automotive Store, which has a massive selection of parts and accessories and tools and fluids. You can even shop for tires on Amazon. So go to Amazon.com slash My Garage, enter your vehicle information, and start shopping their entire comprehensive automotive catalog. It's Amazon. They have everything. So if you're a Prime member,
0: they're going to ship you stuff for free. I, I I still love the idea of tires shipped to you for free. (laughs) this is this is your prime. this is your prime uh, subscription at work also remember to add the promo code driver at checkout that is for five dollars off select orders which is going to be mostly auto parts stuff over 25 dollars for limited time only so restrictions do apply
1: you can check that out at amazon.com promo terms for details well guys we'll take a quick break we've got seems like a zillion questions on so many questions yeah this is great i mean the instagram questions are blowing up now which is so much fun Be very cool. So uh, yeah, we'll be right back after this.
0: Hello, Dick Enberg here, and I'm mighty excited to announce the start of my new show, Sound of Success, right here on Podcast One. For 60 years, I've rubbed shoulders with sports greatness, from athletes in the world of football, baseball, college, and professional basketball, golf, tennis, the Olympics, and so much more. Join me as I explore in-depth stories from the greatest figures in the world of sport, and I'll share a few of my own. Download new episodes of Sound of Success every Thursday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, and Podcast. One. Dot com.
1: Oh, my. Hey, folks. Amazon lets you shop auto parts, tools, and accessories very quickly and easily from your PC or mobile device. They also offer free shipping on millions of items for Prime members. Amazon carries top brands like you've heard, K&N Filters, PowerStop, Chemical Guys, Bosch, and more... And the Amazon Automotive Store has a massive selection of parts, accessories, tools, fluids, and more. You can even shop for tires on Amazon. So check your fitment online for millions of parts using Amazon's Part Finder tool. Just enter your year, make, and model, and Amazon will tell you if it fits. You can buy with
0: confidence there. You can use customer Q&As, you know, all the reviews of everything on Amazon. They're there for auto parts, too, so that's really cool. You can get the right part the first time. You're not an automotive expert. That's okay. You can check out Amazon's library of automotive video content. You can find that at Amazon.com slash My Garage. Honestly, didn't even know that existed, and there it is. You can learn to install an air filter. You change your oil. You want to find out how to do stuff. It's right there. In addition to where you're looking on YouTube, you can find it on Amazon. You can go to Amazon.com My Garage. Again, enter your vehicle information, start shopping right now. And I'm going to say it again, use promo code driver at checkout to receive $5 off select orders over $25 at the limited time restrictions apply. Visit amazon.com slash promo terms for details.
1: Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always
0: wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him
1: stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day, when he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. All righty, moving on to Mike, who has written to us asking for the best dual-duty car mm-hmm. because of his situation. He's got a young family. He's got a year and a half old. And he's considering a car, something that can do it all, which includes track time, family and track. Could you take Mm -hmm. the family on the track? It's
0: the four-door track car.
1: That's what we're talking about. Yeah. It is. He's got a lot of experience with M cars, probably 10-plus M cars. This is astounding. Yeah, for sure. He's had more than one of every generation of M3 except an E30 and the F80, mm-hmm. he's at an E39 the M5, is. Yeah. which is a great choice. For sure, yeah. And uh, not as nimble, but he would like to have had a 1M, but uh, growing family with four doors. That's creeping up on the criteria list, as he says here. So here's the goals. This is not in order. Daily driver use, mm-hmm. so to and from work, to mm-hmm. and from school, family use. Yep. Longer trips, you know, of course, as long as the kids allow to see family and go on vacations. I have, I have, a, I have a hint
0: for you there, <laughs> Mike. This is the weirdest thing that happened on road trips when I started traveling with my son. All of a sudden – I'd never done this in my life. All of a sudden, you're now very interested in what are the fast-food restaurants that have play palaces and what are the rest, drops that have, rest stops that have playgrounds. I'd never noticed. My wife is desperately searching through the phone for those two things, and we, and we get gauged every stop with our two-year-old son at the time based on those two realities. And one of the most aggressive, ridiculous freeway maneuvers I have ever made – was from the fast lane The far left oh, lane no. Passing people To the exit That is right now Because we saw A sign from McDonald's With the play palace And I looked over My right shoulder And I had a window And I made that <laughs> exit
1: Because you're not Hanging on to the next exit No I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is Alright So he's open To alternative To an M car But he thinks It's probably hard To find a car That's better suited Outside of an M car Surprise surprise We have many suggestions For you uh-huh. Number one He's looking at an E90. He's had a few of these E90 cars, and he Mm -hmm. agrees they're fun, but he's tracked them, and they're heavy. They eat up all the consumables, rotors, brake pads, tires, all that stuff. For sure. For sure. They're big cars. They're big cars. All right. So um, he's saying there's some modifications needed to the brakes and suspension at the minimum to get the car up to track worthiness, at least for him. Yeah. Okay. In his experience, for sure. Second here is the new F80. He's driven one, but not on the track. And mm-hmm. he's heard from friends who own this car that with the competition package, which you and I have driven, yes. you only need the brake pads and fluid and camber plates to have a car as capable, if not more capable, than the modded E90 that he's suggesting here. Mm-hmm. And that might be a good compromise. So he's asking us, is it worth modifying an E90, which could be you know, off the deep end here, yeah. Or get the F80 ZCP, which is still in depreciation. He's looked at the cost of buying and building the E90 versus the F80, and he said they're about equal in terms of the initial cash outlay, which is fine. But what's so, the long-term realities? And agreed, and uh, yeah. you know, which is the better daily? How much is the, is the suffer? <laughs> financial advice from Todd and Paul yeah switch over to a different podcast no sorry anyway yeah right it just cuts in with a different
0: podcast <laughs> exactly all of a sudden it's the crash edit and we're moving on yeah
1: people are left scratching their heads like wait a but minute but with better financial advice let's be honest I we were yeah. talking about Mike and his M mm-hmm. cars. all right so he's asking really which is better financially the sunk costs in modifications mm-hmm. or the depreciation in a newer car what do you think Well, here's the thing I keep coming back to as I ponder this.
0: With very few exceptions, the I've tracked this car plummets your resale value. (laughs) I don't care what it is. Sure, sure. you, You haven't helped yourself with I've tracked this car. So that makes me lean toward the E90 because it's a platform you know. You know what you need to do. You can get one cheaper, and then you can build it into what you want it to be. That's kind of where I'm leaning. The other thing about it is this, this, and I have other recommendations across the board than just M cars, but the F80 is big. Now, I know stats-wise. Mm-hmm.
1: In comparison, sure. Lighter, I get it. Sure. I know
0: it's a big car, and you are not walking away from consumables, my friend. You, it's a tire fire for your cash. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we know a guy, the guy that had an F80 uh, four-door for our Icon film. He destroyed his brakes on track day one.
1: Yeah, he did
0: them. And he was new to tracking and still destroyed his brakes on track day. Although one. to be fair, he's a former marine pilot. He has a high tolerance for speed. He's so, not he's to be not, fair,
1: he's, he's not your average he's guy not on just
0: track. Cautiously doing his first track day. I will admit that he's got a high tolerance for speed, but still, theoretically, so does Mike because Mike's tracked a lot. And my point is sure. one track day and he was replacing all four corners. Brakes and rotors on his F eighty, so consumables will be your reality. So I, I kind of think, I kind of think, get the used. Also, when I think track car, like
1: actual track car, I think used car. Yeah, I can see that. I had the pleasure to ride with Ron Simons in the F eighty M three on the ring. Yes, that was my taxi lap. It was mm-hmm. Ron and I. He was getting. Oh, my God. He was getting (laughs) after it. And he looked over at me at the end of the lap, and there were 8,000-some kilometers on the car. And he said, every single kilometer on this car has been taxi laps. Mm. And it was robust. It was fast. It felt brand new. It really took a lot of abuse. So I appreciated feeling that and feeling at a very high level, you know, Mm -hmm. grinding the tires into the earth. For sure. On the ring. It was really impressive. But then I come back to new cars and their depreciation, which is horrifying. If you don't track, it's horrifying. If you don't track, it is. Not to mention adding that in. And, of Mm -hmm. course, you're going to be honest to the next buyer and say, yes, I've tracked it. And you're going to be laying out everything and saying, here's what I've done. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of with you. I'm thinking, all right, get something used. But then the other problem is the money pit of buying stuff for it because are you really going to stop there at the brakes and suspension modifications are you are you just hey scroll scroll, scroll yes scroll. yes that part's on sale honey
0: yes but here's the thing part if that's mike that's going to happen with the f82 as well you know it is it, it, it's not like it he's is. not going to if if mike's a guy like a, a lot of us where you just go you know what i could get for this car then just because the f80 is a new one that disease doesn't matter. It, it's it's not going to resist. He's still going to be like, you know what, I get for the F80 while I'm here.
1: So I, I think that happens either way. I've got some choices for you to consider. I know you're M guy. I was wearing my M hat today and my Porsche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that makes me. I'm still confused. Confused is what it makes you, yeah. <laughs> I've got three choices here that could be interesting to go consider, Because I think all three of these would be worthy contenders to the two cars you're considering. I I have three as well. I wonder if we've gotten the overlap. I wonder too. I'm starting with the Lexus IS350 F-Sport. Really? Okay. As a track car, the rear-wheel drive, brand new, starts at $45,000. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of long-term reliability, you and I liked the steering feel and the dynamics of that car quite a bit. For sure. I think it would be a worthy contender for track use. I think it is a fantastic competitor in every
0: category but the track use. I think it is 75% at best the track car
1: of the M cars. M cars are always going to be that, but I'm thinking... All but right. everywhere else, it's better. And you're right, reliability is going to be killer, it, it's, comparatively. I, I still think it would be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. 75% is a little harsh. Okay. All, all right. right. I'm staying know. with it. All right. Mercedes AMG C43. Have you considered these cars? Okay. The newer C-Class, yeah. you and I had... At, uh Willow Springs mm-hmm. and we were pretty impressed we were in the big board. we were in
0: the c63 s not the 40. so that was the but,
1: c63 but the dynamics of the car came went yes. the 40
0: huh. the 40 is the is the is the smarter financial buy here I see where I you're think going so because too. the 63 is a hundred thousand dollar car
1: the the 43 starts at 54 or something yeah, in there yeah, yeah so of course that will skyrocket very quickly mm-hmm. but worthy contender we were very surprised about its track manners Mm -hmm. honestly just you know you
0: don't think that unless it's a mercedes race car if you can swing the 63 which you might if you're buying new f80s maybe maybe you can swing the 63 obviously go bigger if you can but you're right that amg setup on the c-class period is fantastic and i think it's a better car doing everything off the track than the m car is
1: yeah, that could be. I mean, the M car, well, there's trade-offs with everything. For sure, for sure. And then because you have not given us a price, as you noticed, I have not mentioned any price tag yet because we're working with what we believe used to our car e- E90 prices are and, of course, new F80s. It's quite a bit of money. It is, yeah. So would you like to lease a new Alpha Julia Quadrifoglio? Oh, there you go. Now, if you're leasing a car and you take it to the track, is that bad? Don't know. Doubt it. I can't imagine, but the car could be pretty awesome. We were amazed by the canyon driving aspects Mm. of this car. I think it'd be pretty awesome on track. It'd be rather unique. I can't believe I didn't list that. I'm thrilled you did, though. That's a great one. That's a really good one. I'm just wondering. Yeah. It's a worthy alternative if you lease right now.
0: I think, uh, I, yeah, I think that'd be fine for family duty. Not quite as nice inside as the M car. No, but no. fine for family duty. I think you'd be, and you'd be unique in the carpool line. Who else is going to pull up in the QV? Who else is going to do that? That's awesome. I, I like Sounds that great. more than my choices
1: actually. Really? But but I'm glad you went there. Yeah. I, those are my three. I'm just, they're different price points, mm-hmm. sort of low, mm-hmm. medium, high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love the M cars. Of course we both do. Mm-hmm. They're They're great. It's sort of like, again, just like Jason's choice, Mustang versus Camaro. it's which M car do I get? Which M3 yeah. do I get? Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're you know. going to be fine either way. Darn, I, that point. But, I have
0: three, uh, none of which you mentioned. Really? But I think okay, you should consider them for, for various reasons. Look, you like your E39. Mm-hmm. You're debating big M cars. I have to say it, say it with me, Chevy SS with a six
1: speed. But do you think it'll be worthy on track, though? It's going to be heavy. Because the M cars are light. Well, no. I mean, but I just—I'm wondering about the track
0: manners of that I, I w- car. I would say this because because we've driven on the track that same event, same Motor Press goal oh, event, we Oh, that's true. That's true. We did. We drove the Mercedes. Here's the thing I'm going to say about the Chevy SS on track. It it's probably going to be. I was comparing Lexus earlier. I bet you the Chevy SS is going to be eighty five, ninety percent as worthy as the M car on track. Hmm. That Magna okay. ride's going to be good. The car, every no, time Oh, true. Magnetic
1: ride is pretty awesome. Every
0: time I drove it on track, I kept being surprised by who I could just come flying up behind and then pass. Mm-hmm. And Willow is a track that rewards power, but it's got some corners true. that you've got to have good body control.
1: Mike, you so, didn't mention the tracks that you're, that you're on, so yeah. i be curious. I mean, if it's a
0: really tight, small track, that SS is going to start to feel big. But yeah. here's the other reason I come up with the SS. I think about the fact that all of your consumables are probably going to be less costly than they would for an an M car. And you're probably going to be less precious about it when your two-year-old spills something all over the back seat because that's (laughs) going to happen. You're going to go, it's my Chevy versus it's my F80 M car. This is the reason I'm putting the Chevy SS in serious contention here because I think it's a car you can be less precious about and it will just take the lumps of family life and take the lumps of let's go tracking now. You can throw Cheerios and milk all over the back seat, and you can have it on track. I like exactly. it. exactly. So that's why that's in there. I have to say, because I feel like it's suspiciously absent. Please go drive the ATS V. Also magnetic ride, mm-hmm. but more, but, a thread. but classier, classier than Definitely. than the other guys. Definitely. So it's gonna be, it's gonna feel smaller than that big F eighty because it it's is smaller. still got power, tons of power. Now I'm not going CTS. Because it's a whole other yeah, price point. It's a big car, But the right. ATS is a smaller car than the, than the M3, wickedly capable. Mm-hmm. They aren't selling that well, which means you could probably get a deal. So you should at least go drive one. I think that is a very worthy contender. ATS-V, that's the one nobody's going to see coming, mm-hmm. either in the carpool lane or on the track. <laughs> or behind them on track. Either way, yeah. And then I have to say it. It's a wild card, but I have to say it. You're a guy talking about, okay, I need a four-door hot family car. Yeah. that'll do it all, road trip, oh, by the way, I want to track it, and you're used to consumables, my friend, please go drive a used
1: Panamera. And on track, brilliant. We love the dynamics of the Panamera on track. Mm-hmm. Despite the size of this car, believe us when yes. we say Panameras are pretty awesome. If
0: you're fine putting an F80 on track, you should put a Panamera on track. Mm. You just need to. So if you're if you're shopping where I think you're shopping, which is going to be somewhere in the eighty grand range, you won't be getting the biggest uh, brand new Panamera. But shop a year or two old, and and yeah. and you're not you're not <laughs> concerned. Let me put it another way: you're accepting the realities of consumables. That that's clear from your email. So if you're True. accepting that, the the, th- the only thing that would really give me pause for somebody putting a Panamera on track is: are you prepared for consumables? But you are. So there's my wild card. Go I mean, drive they're going to be
1: higher on that car unless you go
0: used, but get a GTS. But I think he buys a used one, a couple-year-old yeah. used one for probably less than the brand-new F80, and then consumables are consumables. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, very nice. All right. So you've got six different choices, Mike. Uh, we're very curious to hear which one you go with. No because, pressure, but, um,
0: but you came with two cars, and we buried you in a, at a <laughs> torrent of other cars. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Exactly. This will be fun. Well, guys, don't forget this podcast is brought to you by Amazon Automotive, which carries top brands like K&N, PowerStop, Chemical Guys, Bosch, and more. And again, they've got millions of parts. So check your FIMIT online for millions of parts using the Amazon Part Finder tool. Just enter your year, make, and model, and Amazon will tell you if it fits. And they've even
0: got, remember, a library of automotive video content. You're not an expert at automotive, that's fine. They've got a video to show you how to install air filter, change your oil, etc. You can find those at Amazon.com mygarage And there is a promo code for this show. Type in DRIVER at checkout to receive $5 off on select orders of $25 or more for a limited time. Moving
1: on to social media questions, of which we've gotten many. We are buried under a pile of which words. Which is awesome. I
0: think it's like 50 or 60 tonight. I think this is fantastic. I marked many, <laughs> but hopefully we'll cover some of them.
1: Well, Kerry Turner on Facebook has sent me a link. That's all he just he just sent me a link. Yeah, which is just small. Link. <laughs> to EliteMotorsports.com in Austin, Texas. Okay. This is a website I didn't know about They sell used cars. They sell awesome cars. And if you scroll down, the link he sent were to one of two Porsche Cayman S race cars. Uh Uh-oh. You've been listening. And they're 50 grand piece. They're both 07s. Dang. Fully kitted out. Full race cage. They're ready to go for NASA races or you name it. And thanks a lot, Carrie, because now I'm going, oh, if I juggle that. Pile of money over here and that pile of money. Could I combine those? <laughs> Can and... I build half a porch? <laughs>
0: All <laughs> Can I get bad. away
1: with a smaller square footage deck and, like, three boards? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead You're of Terrible. A whole I won't put up a railing. Everybody will be fine. Guy, these are awesome. They've even got trailers on here. Look at that. Oh, All bad. Oh, my gosh. You're... All bad. Yeah, this is not good. Now... And, and if you look at their sold inventory, it's even worse. Like, oh, they get a lot of good cars. You
0: will, you will be buried. We will never get you back from that website. Dang it.
1: It's all bad. They have a Lotus 211 for sale. Ooh. I thought of that for you. Yeah. yeah also yeah.
0: 50 grand. No. Ouch. Can't do it for that. Would, wouldn't do it for that. But anyway, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James, uh, James Michael III uh, wrote on Facebook and said he lives in New York, already has a fun car. He's got an 05 Pontiac GTO and currently uses a Chevy Avalanche as his winter car. He wants to get a small, and he said practical and, dare, dare he say, somewhat fun winter car. His first question is, uh, do we think you can drive a small front-wheel drive wagon or hatch as a winter car? And I'm just going to say to you, <clears throat> Mini Cooper, uh, <laughs> that I am, I am living that reality right now. I will tell you how it goes. But, but to back that up, I am fully expecting it to be great. So don't worry about getting a small little front-wheel drive thing. You have fallen in love with the Honda Fit. Yeah. as your next winter car and are asking if there's anything wrong with it. I say there's nothing wrong with it. Put really good winter tires Greed. on it. Not a thing. It would be great. That actually has the really good Honda six-speed gearbox. You would enjoy that. But I am going to say something about it, though. Do, wh- what do you, why do you like the fit? Now, I, I say this is somebody that likes the fit. I actually really like it. I think it is. A, it is a victory of packaging and I think the gearbox is great.
1: <laughs> Victory of packaging. So no, seriously, I i sounds sound dynamic. I
0: feel like anybody at any other car maker should wheel a fit into the studio and just see how well they've done with space. Cut it and try right to, down the center line. Try to figure out how like. on earth can we make something like this? I don't care if you're even building a minivan or or a, or a subcompact. The fit is killing it in that area. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so I am a genuine fan, but I'm not I'm curious what your budget is because I'm going to say it to you. You want a small, somewhat fun, chuckable little hatch for your winter car, Fiesta ST? Mm, good. Put winter tires on that. I'm just saying. Surely there's a ten grand Fiesta ST by now. Well, but who knows Somewhere. what he's spending for the Honda Fit? But I, I'm sure twelve, thirteen for the Fiesta STs. You've got options. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think that needs to be on there. So I wanted to throw that out as well. WC
1: Dunn on Instagram just spent four hours detailing his GTI Paul oh, style. Gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He washed, polished, waxed, and then did all the interior things. He would like to enjoy hearing my processes. And then, side note, could you convince his wife we need a pressure washer? (laughs) Yes, I can. No. First of all, (laughs) on my processes, I will say I am maybe kind of weird. I start with the wheels because I actually spend quite a bit of time on the wheels, getting every nook and cranny of dirt. So I start with the wheels because then any subsequent soap and water on the wheels will just be over clean wheels. So I start with wheels. I take my time. I get the wheels done. You do take your time. And yes. then, of course, always top down. Let gravity do the work for you. Start at the top. Work your way down. Mm-hmm. Waxing doesn't happen. Uh, well, it needs to happen more often. But uh, I do have the paint protection film <laughs> on the Cayman and yes. the Jeep just sometimes. I just got to get a, let it go because we're using it for camera vehicles so much now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I need to wax it more. But, um, yeah, polish definitely before you wax. But on to the pressure washer thing. <laughs> no, you don't need a pressure washer. But <laughs> of whatever. course you do. You need the family pressure washer, just like everybody needs the family backhoe and the family dump truck. Oh,
0: yeah, if your wife unwraps <laughs> that at Christmas, there's a fight coming, just so you know. Let me save you that rake.
1: Maybe a... Red bow on it will No, there, there is the no pain. way.
0: There is no way the pressure washer makes its way into anniversary or Christmas <laughs> present and you get out alive. I'm trying to help you. Here's
1: why. If you relate it to cleanliness or safety on any level, I mean, you can even use pressure washers in the winter. They'll get underneath the blocks of ice in your driveway and the chunks of ice, and you can get that out of the way. I mean, get the hot water going through it, <laughs> clean driveways. You can, you know, hey, the oh. house needs work. We can, you know, pressure wash some stuff off the side of the house, keep things clean, the sidewalks, everything is clean, keep the garage clean, organization will happen. If if a pressure washer happens you're for s- you, then organization is sure to follow, right? You're, uh, you're selling it big. Uh, oh, I'm <laughs> going to just stay quiet on that, but okay. All right. I hope
0: this helps. Uh, Frank Brandt wrote in a fun question on Facebook. If Todd had to get one Porsche, what would it be? If Paul had to get one British car, what would it be? Mm. So I will answer for my end. What would be the one? If I had to get one Porsche, what would it be? I do have an answer here. Oh, really? 997 GT3 RS40. That's right. Done. That's, That's right. That is a special car. It's a really special car. And and I realize of late, there's been a few shoots we've done in the past year that have made me kind of come to this conclusion. There are those cars for me that I would put on the badge is irrelevant, this car is just inexplicably special list. Sure. I I describe it like some of the movies that I like. Movies are so so many moving parts. When one works on all levels, it's like lightning in a bottle. It's how on earth did that happen? Yeah. There are cars like that. Oh, yeah. Where I'm driving in and I just think, this is a moment in time. This is so special that this all came together to be this special a car. And and that Porsche's on there. 997 GT3 RS40. It's a half million dollar car or so
1: now. It's ridiculous. Wow. But I would have one. That's way up there. So if we're doing that, if it's way up there, then I'm going to say McLaren. I'm in love with McLarens. Okay. I'm in love with their outlook. If you want to go buy one of their products, you can just do it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have prior-owned five or have True. raced in this series yeah, or you're right. show you how much money you do yeah. or don't have. You can just go buy one. Mm-hmm. That's what I love. There's yeah. so much Your less pretentiousness about yeah. them. They're supercars. They're hot. But there's just there's no pretentious anything. It just you own a McLaren, you're a driver, mm-hmm. you're an enthusiast. That's a good point. That's there's good point. nothing else. You didn't buy the Ferrari for the badge and the yeah. Lamborghini because you're a vlogger. But you know, yeah. you're an enthusiast. So I'm gonna go with McLaren. I and like
0: it. That you were able to answer that question the 720 very quickly is uh, it's
1: it's fantastic, it's for spectacular sure. for sure. All right. So JD Rotsall on Facebook is asking: When replacing consumables, do you stick with OEM parts or do you go aftermarket? I will say it very much depends. On the 2007 Cayman that I had, the Cayman mm-hmm. S, yeah, yeah. I had to get new tire pressure sensors because they go after about six or seven years. That's how long the battery lasts mm-hmm. in the little sensor. The new Porsche OEM sensors were like $1,500. Mm. And I went, no. I don't think so. Yeah, It's a tire pressure sensor. You've got to yeah. be kidding me. <laughs> Let us move on. Yeah. And then the tire shop said, well, we can get this same thing. They work great. 500 bucks. Done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got to have the sensors. All sure. right, fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to live with a light on. So, yeah, in that case, aftermarket is fine. So it depends on the part. Mm-hmm. But if it's definitely engine-related, you know, deep inside the engine or something like that, yeah, absolutely. You've got to go OEM.
0: But I also think if we are talking straight-up consumables like brake pads and that kind of thing, why not run around and find the right substance for you the right brand for you get get online and figure out from right the forums Fitment kind of thing i'm yeah. not using the actual porsche brand i'm using this i'm not using I mean, this is i'm going through this like crazy with the lotus mm-hmm. because most of the consumable parts or most of the things that go bad on the lotus there are aftermarket upgrades available and everybody's going to that part
1: in some cases the aftermarket is a better part in some cases it better is. engineering and that's why you have
0: to do the research yeah Because some of the stuff that – let me put it another way. You're you're talking about consumables. The stuff that is going to wear out, Mm -hmm. if it's worn out enough, somebody has created a side business to make the better
1: version of that part. Why not get it? And speaking of consumables, don't buy the Chinese branded triangle tires. You had yes. triangle tires.
0: When I bought my Saab 92X, <laughs> which it had is a winter weird thing. tires on it and the tires tire brand was Triangle. That was the <laughs> brand, not the shape. And I still can't believe <laughs> so I was funny. on Chinese winter tires for a year, but I still have to say or, or a worked, season. I still have work. to say I still passed Audi A4s on all seasons on my weird Chinese triangle tires. <laughs> so it is all about tires. Nobody really gets to say that. No, that I may be the first to say it, but I'm awfully proud of it. <laughs> All right, what else stuck at you at you here? Uh, well, let's see. Um, speaking of tires, actually, to answer this question real quick. Uh, Jeff, you asked on on Facebook, am I going to try the new Nokia all weather tires I've talked about? Oh on the yes. Mini? I was planning on putting them on my winter car, but when I bought the Mini, it came with two sets of wheels, and the winter set is a brand new set of Blizzaks. I know Blizzaks. I like Blizzaks. They're brand new tires. I'm running this season on those for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to try the Nokia in all weather. I think it's a very interesting new category for tires, but it won't happen this season. Drew V
1: has thrown a lot of questions at us on Facebook. So I've got to answer a couple of them here, Drew. He's asking, what's the best way to find a good independent mechanic? Mm -hmm. I saw this one, yeah. And then also, are there certain brands for which you should make sure to use fully certified factory trained technicians, or do you need that for every automotive manufacturer, every mark? I will say, first of all, the good independent mechanic is dig into the forums. Forums are your friend in a big way. You can probably easily find your region and then say, jumping in, hey, you know, long-time listener, first-time writing in kind of thing. Who's everybody going to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who who do you guys use? And usually there's somebody who worked at the dealer for a long time, got all the training, Mm -hmm. opened Mm -hmm. their own shop, and that's the go-to shop. Usually they're pretty good. That's a great way to find an independent mechanic. And then from a fully certified factory trained only, I think Ferrari is the only one in my knowledge, maybe Lamborghini, but, you know, not too many, Mm. you know, I've got a side business just wrenching on Ferraris. If you own a Ferrari, (laughs) you're taking it to the dealer the end. Everybody else, there's good used um, or, um, you know, third party Porsche mechanics, Volkswagen, Audi, Mm, BMW, mm. all the Japanese cars, you name it. I don't think so, because all those guys have relationships with the dealer. They're yeah. ordering parts yeah, 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 from the yeah. parts counter. They know them. They probably worked at that dealer, and that's why they've got their own independent business now. Well, I don't know there's too many brands that you'd have to shy away from. I'm taking my... 2015 came in gts to an independent mechanic well let's speak i want to speak on that
0: independent guy that we both use for for porsche i'm gonna actually call him out bob at concourse auto works in salt lake is awesome and the reason i started going to bob honestly and you started too as well the reason was because i started i literally started with just google porsche independent mechanic in salt lake city Mm -hmm. and i found his shop listed in three different forum threads really at that point i was like okay That's a convergence there. Right. Other people were throwing out other random names, but his name kept coming around, and I said, okay, there's something about that. And then the thing that's interesting about him, and there's lots of guys like Bob out there, where he's been doing this for his whole career. And you pull up, and all he does is specialize in Porsche and Volkswagen, and there's 15 cars outside of his shop and they're in all stages from the one that has been sitting there for six months because he's rebuilding it from the frame right. to the one that's in for the oil change and everything in between. Right, right. And he'll he'll talk you through everything he's doing. That's the guy you want. And there's one Agreed. of those for everybody you can find. I appreciate that you brought up Ferrari because the only time I would say you have to go to the dealer is if not going to the dealer is going to affect the value of the car. And Ferrari's about the only people I can think of where yeah. that's probably going to be an issue. Hmm. But everywhere else, you just got it serviced by somebody that knows what they're doing. But chase somebody that specializes on the car you want if if you have a performance car. If you have the family hauler, get the family hauler serviced.
1: Right, right. Agreed. Drew's second question on here is asking, at what car age should you be concerned with maintenance and reliability regardless of the low mileage? Theoretically low mileage, for example... Should an early E93 series with very low miles warrant a budget that says, all right, I got to shove money aside because here's what broke this month. Despite the low mileage of the car, (laughs) just by virtue of it being an older car, Sure. should you set more money aside? Yes. (laughs) I will say, generally speaking, yes, especially for the German cars. Even though they've got low mileage, I mean... Age is a factor. Just age alone well, for plastics and rubber and plastics all that and rubber. stuff. That's the key thing. It ten, does. Ten
0: years or so in, that stuff's wearing out. Yeah. I don't care if you put 10 miles on the car. Yeah. You know, it's a, that's those cars that I think are fascinating where people are selling a car that's 15, 20 years old and it's got 100 miles. I'm like, great. But – Pretty much everything <laughs> that, can, that can slowly deteriorate on that car has still deteriorated. Yeah, agreed. The metal – look, the engine block may be pristine because it's run 10 miles, but how are the hoses? Right. How are, how are all the things that can just after 10 years have now worn out? You're getting tires this minute. Yeah, And then exactly. from there on start adding it up.
1: And is the cam belt a rubber belt? I mean, yeah. that's got to be changed just due to age, yes. not mileage.
0: Agreed. That's a big you know, factor. It's not
1: a timing chain. So yeah, all those that kind of stuff, it just wears out due to sunlight and oxidation and you know mm-hmm. whatever it is, breakdown because of you know being outdoors.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Tyler Ferreira wrote in on Instagram, I like this, what would make the most invisible getaway
1: car? Oh, <laughs> this is and good. And he, he
0: mentioned <laughs> Prius, Ford Transit, 90s Camry or something else. And I thought about this for a minute and then I came to a conclusion. Hmm. You know the perfect getaway car? Hmm. It is a black whatever your local police drive.
1: Oh, that's
0: good. Whatever your local police officers drive, that car in black with the simple hubcaps is your most invisible getaway car.
1: (laughs) That is so good. I'm not even going to answer. That is so good. They see
0: you running from the cops. You're a cop. Why wouldn't you be?
1: If you got it at a police auction or uh-huh. something
0: like that. There's a there's a kid locally That's here in Park City who drives <laughs> a black Dodge Charger, last-gen black Dodge Charger, brush bar on the front, completely blacked out.
1: I remember seeing that car. It freaks me out every time I see That's it. That's
0: the point. He's <laughs> a high so school good. kid that drives it just because you get looks about, is that an undercover? This is what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I'm going to let that one lie. Well done. All right, on Instagram, Eli Miller sixty four asks, design wise, what mm. car, new or used, is most similar to the Dodge Viper? Very easy. Okay, Mercedes AMG GTS. Well done. I like that too. That's the very end. good. That's very good. I don't know if any other platform that is that kind of layout, engine wise, platform mm-hmm. size, personality, all it. That kind of that. That's a great one. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking the AMG GTS.
0: Uh, Nick Alon on Facebook asked about, uh, where's the line about modding out of class? He says, obviously, people add all kinds of things to their cars. He's bringing up sound deadening specifically. Then he points at me and says, didn't I just have the interior out of my car? Did I put sound deadening in extra? I actually put a little bit of that uh, of some panels on the firewall just to cut down some vibration. Did you
1: vibration. do that spray in home insulation? You know, just <laughs> that's spray exactly what it I did. into your footwell yeah, that's and be perfect. squish it's, that's, the seats in. It'll so be exactly it the in. same
0: as it was stock. But he's saying, okay, so where's the line of, of modding out of class? Nick, I'm going to give you kind of my line, and I'm talking about cars that are costing under 50 grand to begin with. I think it's seven to 10 grand Hmm. because Hmm. whatever you're putting at your car, and depending on car, at five grand you start to push the edge in some cars, but seven to 10 grand because at that point you could have bought a car in the next class up. A, okay. For
1: About that price jump, sure. Yeah.
0: So I mean, think about the. Or it's a
1: track pack, like on a Camaro, or it's a possibly something like that. Yeah. Exactly. That price difference. At that point, difference. at that
0: point, you are jumping to a car that has probably exceeded what you've done in mod costs. Hmm. That's the, hmm. the, the 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 deciding factor. Look, the the great unknown here is if you are building a track car, all bets are off. There's no modding out of class. It's just make the best track car possible, and that is a fantastic. And we go down laughing. Fantastic money pit. But I'm talking about street cars, your daily car. If you spent seven to ten grand, you could have another car, a different car. At that point, that's my dividing line. Doesn't matter if it's sound deadening or wheels, tires, whatever. I think that's the line.
1: I've just got one more question here from on Instagram from B-Rap on. Uh, yeah, like I said on IG, he's asking either of us. Would we consider trading our Cayman or Tie for a Mustang 350R, GT350R? We just drove it. Mm-hmm. It's fresh on our minds. Mm-hmm. I just drove my Cayman again and fell back in love with it today. I'm not surprised. That's a short trip. Yikes. I, uh, I will say you're going to have to wait for most of our commentary on that mm-hmm. for the film when it comes out. But at the price, I'm not willing to overpay. Let's put it that way. Mm, that's good. That's good. When they're you know, as similar price, then I will. But yeah. you know I would say not until then.
0: the only reason, honestly, the only reason I personally wouldn't get one of the G T three fifties or three fifty Rs is because I don't really like big cars. Clearly, as evidenced by the stuff mm-hmm. I own. Yeah. But it's a fantastic car. And but I agree with you, and that is MSRP folks. What does the car cost according to Ford? That's what I'll buy the car for.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But but would I? Yes. It's just it's not a car that plays to my proclivities. I like little stuff. It is big stuff, but
1: it is fantastic big stuff. It's it's brilliant. All right, so that's as much as we'll leave it with uh, with that question, but thanks to all of you for writing in. Anything uh, more on your
0: mind? No, I think that's excellent. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. If you haven't rated the podcast, please rate, review, share. All of that helps us stay top 10 and has more people finding us. Just this week, I was reading an email about somebody saying they've just found the podcast and they're going back to all the episodes. They're all available. They're going back through all. All the episodes. So people are finding stuff by I'm buying a car. What do I need to do? And they're telling us that's how they found the podcast. That's due to you guys rating and reviewing. So thank
1: you. Now I'm shopping for Cayman race cars that I can't afford. Stop. Yeah. Dang it. Mm -hmm. That's a long list. So stop. (laughs) Guys, thank you again so much. Looking forward to next time. Cheers.
2: I can't believe it.